This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Ready? Play. Good morning. Uh, sorry, good evening from Germany. Good morning in Australia, David. Um, it's the it's not quite the morning after the night before for you. It's the morning after the evening after the morning before or whatever. You've had <laughs> 24 to 36 hours to stew, to think over what went right, what went wrong. Uh, how are you feeling today, first of all? Oh, I'm absolutely fine. I mean, it's uh, obviously it's disappointing that <laughs> it's not my first rodeo. so. It's, it's happened before and uh, you know the, the, there's a weird thing that sometimes happens in tennis where if a player loses like three and three they're not quite as disappointed or upset as if they lose seven six in the third but if you look at it logically seven six in the third is a far better showing and result than three and three and whilst you maybe feel bad because you had more chances to win um in terms of the level that you put it on the court um and the fact that you're right there and the seven six and the third is when you get to tiebreak a little bit of a lottery um means you've you've played as well as the other guy and and could win so you know there's you know i think for young players as well they tend to get more upset if they have a a, a very close loss when the reality is if you have if you get beaten easily there's kind of more to worry about because you've got more work to do did you speak to liam yesterday um no the for us it would have been the well for me for you, it would have been yesterday. For me, it would have been, uh, yeah. What, what are we? It would have been Thursday. Thursday. No, it's Wednesday. Friday, it's Friday morning where you are. But I mean, so have you spoken yeah, to? Well, it was, it was, uh, yeah. So it was. Uh, yeah. I mean, basically Wednesday, which was uh, lunchtime after the match. The yeah. Day after the match. I, I mean, obviously, I had a short chat. I had a short chat with him about 45 minutes after the match, you know, just basically saying, you know, tough, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, disappointing, but, you know, it's one of our low moments, but the level is there. So there's nothing to, to be 
you know, too worried about. It's just, you know, difficult to lose first round qualifying. Yeah. And then yes, I'm sorry, yesterday or yesterday for you or Wednesday for no, or Wednesday for us. Um, we had a longer chat about what actually happened in the match. Yeah. And uh, some of the things that 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 he he needs to do better. And it's not just playing. I think with that match, he he didn't he didn't start very well, and I think uh, it was quite windy, tricky conditions. And I'd say that early on, he was a little bit too focused on those things bothering him, rather than okay. just settling down and playing and accepting the conditions. And I mean, you know, everything is 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 relative. It wasn't that he hadn't accepted the conditions, but at the same time, you know, he was talking about them, you know, you know, the ball swirling around and you know, so if he missed the ball, it's kind of like, yeah, it's moving. And uh and if it's you know moving around and stuff, but once you settle down, all of that disappears. And it just took him a little bit too long to do that. I said, you know, you, at this level and, and you know, where you want to go to, you can't have energy going out the door for anything other than, you know, full focus on, on, on just playing. What was Liam's feeling about the match? What did, you know, 24 hours later or the day after, if you like, what were, were his thoughts? Could he have clear thoughts on certain moments where he wished he'd didn't done things differently or... Does he not dwell on these things or, or what was he saying? Oh, no. I mean, he thinks a lot about it and uh, and and we'd already watched some parts of it. Okay. Um, I mean, one of the, you know, one of the key thoughts that, that he had was that he's just got to get a slightly better feel for how aggressive he needs to be when he's ahead because there are very few in the game who fight as well as he does and are able to come out of tough situations than he is. He's very, very good at, at, at you know, if he's a set and a breakdown, it's definitely not over. Mm. You know, um, and, uh, you know, fighting back is, is he, he t tends to really, relax in and get the right balance between putting the ball in the court and, and, and the level of aggression. Sometimes when he's ahead, um, he'll either overplay or, or underplay. And we talked quite a bit about finding that balance when, when he's ahead, which is difficult for, for, for all players to play, you know, as well when ahead. And I think that's what, you know the, the the great players are so good at is they're they're incredibly good front runners, and uh, I'd say that Liam the level to which Liam is a good front runner has risen, but it needs to rise more. And uh, and and one of the examples I gave him is you know he he plays against you know top fifty guys really well and has beaten several of them, and I said. Part of that is, I think, um, you know, against those guys, you you sense danger all the time, 
and the focus is probably a little bit sharper when ahead because you feel like um, the the danger is there and maybe with guys who are sort of like you know 80 to to 200 uh, sometimes I mean it's a very slight change in 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 the aggression level which if he can master that i think you know he's not going to win every match that goes close no you know, that's that's not possible but i think he only has to really um transform and, and change three three or four of those matches a year round and and that obviously is quite a lot of points and and the the chance to go further and everything changes a lot. So, you know, I actually went through the stats last night and sent them to him and, and it really came down to turning around three to four, three set matches in a year mm. to make a big difference. Yeah, so suddenly, it, suddenly then he'll be top 100 and, and, and going further in tournaments and qualifying for the majors. Um, listen, uh, is he now on the way home? Yes, he's actually just arrived home. Oh, he's just arrived. I think, did, is this picture from him at the airport? Uh, probably. I haven't seen it, but I'm sure it is. <laughs> yeah, he, he posted on Twitter um, uh, saying good old days. It looks like a sort of airport photo, unless he's kind of halfway between the UK and Australia. And, uh, he, he well, he had, a bit... stop, he had a stop in Dubai, so... Yeah, it could have been, could have been there, but he, he posted that on Twitter at some point. But anyway, so you've obviously been in touch to the extent that... Um, that uh, looks like Liam's gained a couple of more supporters, by the way, as a result of this series. There's a few people in the live chat just saying that they're going to be cheering for Liam now. And certainly me too. I mean, by the way, I, I do want to just touch on something that we we spoke about the other day, which is sort of the broader point about defeats. And and uh, I wasn't going to get in touch with you. I think I said it to you off air the other day. Yeah. I, I'd seen what had happened. I saw how painful it was, you know, being a breakup in the third uh, not being able to then hold serve following that break and, and so on and so forth. So close, getting back to seven all in the tie break and losing in that manner. I mean, doesn't come much closer or, or tighter or, or perhaps as painful as that, but we will be touching on a couple of other defeats that you've experienced as a coach. But my point was this. I looked at my phone and I thought we'd spoken about potentially doing an episode, but I thought I'll just, I'll let Dave wait. And within an hour or two of the, of the match, I think finishing, I, I got a message from you saying, are we still good to go? And I'm like, yeah, for sure. But I didn't know. I don't know. I don't know how it is for you. You you said you sort of, as a coach, get over these situations quite reasonably quickly, right? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I generally say to players, you know, you've got an hour to be really disappointed. And then you've got to be thinking about, you know, what's next? Because, you know, you know, top players, this is their job. This is what you've got to do. And I've got a, a an interesting story with uh, uh, Barry Cowan, yeah. who used to really take these type of defeats badly when, when I first started working with him. And I remember he lost 7-6 in the third last round of qualifying for a challenger in Vietnam. Okay. And at 12-10 in the break and it was really a, a, a good quality match and he was coming 
And the the next morning, he had to warm up Alvin Palmer for his match, and he was moping and 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 you know, I said, "Come on, pick it up," you know, and and he just couldn't. So I told him to get off the court, okay. and I'd warm Alvin up. So I sent him off the court, and then I I sat with him and I said, "So, you know." Clearly, you care a lot about your tennis. Oh, yeah. I said, would you say that you probably care more than most players? He said, yeah. I said, how long does it take you to get over these really tough losses? Or any loss? So I said, well, you know, a, a normal loss a day. Tough loss like this, usually a couple of days on difficult sleep and all this stuff. I said, wow, that's interesting. So you play 28 tournaments a year. You know, you're going to have 10 tough losses. You know, maybe 18 normal losses. It's, it's tough to win a tournament, even one a year. Um, so we're looking at, you know, maybe 38 days a year, 35 to 38 days a year, where you're not on it because he's so disappointed hmm. that's over a month i don't think you care about your tennis very much at all okay <laughs> tough words i said look i know you care about your tennis but really and truthfully think about it if you really care about your tennis why would you throw away 38 days a year of really good training by moping around where other players are going to get over it in, you know, an hour, maybe tough night overnight. But by the time they wake up the next day, they're ready to go again. Sometimes even after a match, an hour or two, which I've done that quite a lot with players, if if the timing works and everything like that, is after the loss, go right out on court and do some work again. I mean, yeah. I remember uh, Liam lost a really tough 7-6 and a third to uh Souza in uh in Helsinki and it was the last match of the day and once the crowd had left and everything like that we just did some work right there half an hour because there was something in that match that just didn't fire and, and he needed to get it sharp and there's another tournament coming up so so and sometimes the best time to clear the head and just really get the head thinking forwards is to get straight back on court uh, and, you know, I, I do that a lot, and especially with juniors. If that, 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 that's a great opportunity, actually, to teach them to immediately start thinking forward. So, you know, that was a big turning point for, for Barry because after that he stopped wasting time, feeling mm -hmm. sorry for himself. And, again, that's about the resilience. So if, if as a coach you're expecting that from your players, then clearly as the coach you can't be moping around either because at the end of the day, you're a professional. You're trying to get better. Nobody loses on purpose. And you you put your best out there. It's not good enough to beat that person on the day. You just got to get better so that the next time, you know, you can get over the line. Are you still in touch with Barry? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Does he ever talk about, do you ever talk about that match with Sam Press? I'm going to get up on the screen because... Uh, to those that don't know, he pushed Sampras to five sets uh, in 2001. 
Uh, there's a little uh, ESPN sort of news report from that match. Um, this is actually written 10 years after, and it's kind of the upset that never was, is the the upset of the century that never was. Um, yeah. for, let's let's go back to, to that match in 2001 and, and the immediate aftermath, if you like. And uh, was Barry up? Was Barry down? Were you up? Were you down? What were your what were your feelings? Um, I mean, actually, for that, I was very proud. Uh, okay. I felt that, you know, whilst disappointed that it didn't actually happen, uh, I mean, Sampras showed why he was such a great champion because we had a game plan going into that. And, and okay. one of the things was Sampras very much liked on, on, on the ad court to hit bullet second serves down the tee, slight swingers down the tee. And it was a really good serve. And, you know, because uh, Arvin Palmer was a set in a breakup against Sampras at Queens. Okay. Uh, and, and Barry was taking that serve away and just absolutely caning backhand returns. And it was really hurting Sampras for a long period in that match. And then at, uh, I think it was four two Sampras serving his upper break, but uh, four, three. Yeah. And, and Barry was uh, uh, really catching fire again. Because the first game also of, of that fifth set, uh, Sampras lobbed Barry twice. Tough okay. lob, and he hadn't been lobbing all match. So he'd obviously sat on the changeover before the fifth set and said, what, what do I need to do here? And, and, and Barry was closing the net really fast and, and volleying great. So he, he, he got the early break. And then at 4-3 uh, at serving Sampras, uh, Barry had three break points in a row, uh, all obviously on the ad court from the deuce. And the first one, instead of going down the tee, uh, Sampras kicked the serve wide it was a it was an ace because barry was covering the tee mm -hmm. then then barry wins the deuce point break point again and what does sampras do so doesn't, you know i would i would have told barry cover the tee again yeah you know but sampras kicked it again okay and barry made the return but it was weak because he was again covering the tee so then he gets a third break point. Now what's Sampras going to do? Um, I would still cover, cover the tee. That's the plan, right? That's the plan. And he still covered the tee and Sampras kicked again. Uh, and, and it wasn't like he was covering the tee by standing over. He was standing no. in a normal place. And then as Sampras put the ball toss up, was moving across. Um, so, you know, that is something that you just, you know, you, 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 you got to look at that moment and say, too good from Sampras. To three times in a row do it, that's, uh, you know, because, well, it's a, it's a double bluff game. You know I mean? It's, it's a bit of poker there. Yeah, it is and, a bit of poker. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, we lost. <laughs> yeah. But... You know, on another day, who knows? But uh, it, you know, but it shows you that 
Sampras before that fifth set had a really good think, not about, oh my God, you know, I can't believe I'm in the fifth set with this guy or whatever. He actually would have sat there and gone, okay, what's going on here? What do I need to change? And in that two minutes sitting on that changeover, he knew what he had to change and did. You know, and, you know, didn't double fault, didn't, you know, didn't do anything, you know, he, 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 he actually executed as well. What was Miles McLagan like after his uh, loss to Boris Becker? For those watching that are not aware, uh, the Brit Miles McLagan pushed Boris Becker uh, and actually got match points uh, yeah. against him uh, in 1999. Uh, what was he like after that loss? And, and again, what were you like as well? How are you, how are you feeling? That one, that one hurt more. That, that one really hurt because we had prepared Miles so well. And I, I really believe that myself, Jez Green, the physical trainer, and Miles were probably the only three people on the planet who really believed he, he, he could win that match. Okay. Uh, I was convinced he was going to beat Boris. Uh, and, you know, he... he, he you know, he started great, two sets to love up. I mean, Boris was a bit of a bully on court. I mean, he 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 he, he liked to intimidate opponents. You know, uh, you know, if you come to the net or whatever, often he'd you know go straight at you early on, um, and and it was really important that Miles would make statements against against him. And you know, early on, I said, you know, any time you get a first serve on the strings, hit it just basically as hard as you can. It doesn't matter whether it goes in or out. Uh, just send a statement that you're coming after him and that you're not afraid of his first serve and second serves really go after him. And, and I mean, luckily, when he started that match, I think first point, he hit a clean winner. And, and, and Becker was in all sorts of trouble mentally as well. Okay. Uh, I remember Becker came in, and I said, if Becker, you know, comes into the net on and, and, and hits a poor volley or something like that, and you've got a real good shot, go straight at him, you know, and then he's going to stare you down and, you know, don't, don't break the stare, just stare back at him, you know, and then maybe say something like, come on. Well, you know, that at some point in the match happened and Miles went straight at him and I said, uh, if he misses the volley, he'll stand there and he'll look at you and he'll smile like it doesn't bother him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, just come on, you know, just go, come on. And, uh, I mean, Miles did more than that, you know, when, 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 uh, when he hit straight at Boris and Boris, uh, uh, missed the volley, uh, Boris stood there and smiled at him and Miles just went F, F off. You know, uh -huh. and, uh, so there was some Boris, tension in that match. Oh, there was, yeah, there was some aggro in that match. Um, so it he he got inside Boris's head and was fantastic until match point. And uh, yeah, I mean, on on first serve, Boris liked to go down the tee uh, <clears throat> quite a bit on the ad side. And uh, and Miles, for some reason, on the match point there, 
kind of half covered the, the, the wide and, and he went T. But Miles made a reasonable return and Boris hit a, a volley back behind him and Miles hit the backhand passing shot. And, I mean, I would have loved to have had Hawkeye. I, don't, I mean, it was, it was very close cross-court. But if it missed, it was a centimetre. So he was really a centimetre away from, from beating Boris. And that that really hurt because there was aggro in that match and and uh, and, I, and and he had done everything so so well. Um, it it yeah it was it was very very tough and I think I think Miles had a hangover from that match for for quite a while. It, it okay in terms of um, you know he had played so well and it was such a big moment. I think it 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 mentally was very hard for him to to recover from that mm. uh, you know not that he didn't work hard and and everything like that but there's you know that it it was such a big moment and there'd been so much um tension and 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 aggro and 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 it was a real warrior battle from from both really and 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 i think you know, and, and Boris wasn't graceful about it. I think he was on one of the talk shows afterwards. And, you know, the, the talk show host said, yeah, you know, you nearly lost to a British player in the first round. Boris went, yeah, yeah, I can't remember his name. Come on. Mm. Absolute yeah. rubbish. You know, there's no way. So that was a little bit disrespectful as well. And, and it was little stuff like that is that, you know, it wasn't a... A match that 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 was easy to to get over. How do you feel, David, as as a coach when you're approaching the player, um, whether it be the, the minutes after, or as, as often you say, is it can be the next day when you when you speak? Uh, you know, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Are you you've probably had a good relationship with the player for many years, or, or, or certainly a short yeah. period of time? Is it easy as well to, to speak some home truths, for example, as a coach, bearing in mind he's the boss, for example, as we spoke to before, you know, maybe you need to, not in any of the defeats we've spoken about, but maybe there's another player or another match where you thought I've needed to tell him that this is why it went wrong. How do you do that when they've just had a painful defeat, even if it's 24 hours later? Um, I mean, first of all, that's your job and you've got to do it. I think, I mean, right after the defeat, it's it's more about you know consoling, uh, not talking very much, um, you know, just hey, you know, tough one, you know, and 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 just seeing whether whether the player kind of wants to talk because sometimes they want to talk when when you know maybe twenty thirty minutes off the off the match they want to talk. But you got to let them open it, and you just sit there. It's an uncomfortable sit because they're, you know, in their own head, in their own space, and you know. But I've gotten very used. I'll, I'll literally just calmly sit there and wait for them to speak. Yeah. And sometimes they'll just go, you know, let's talk about it tomorrow, and then they, you know, go and have a shower and stuff, and I'm good with that. And then I leave and and wait till the next day um the next day even 
you've got to see how the player is and, and you've got to pick your moment to have the tough conversation if the tough conversation is needed. Um, and also that's a big sign of the maturity of the player where um, they actually want to talk about the match and, and, and they want to know your view. And it's, it's a pretty healthy conversation. Uh, they might not always agree, but then of course now it's a little easier because you've got video to, to look back on and say, well, okay, let's have a look at it then see who's right. Any other defeats? I mentioned uh, Richardson, uh, Andrew Richardson uh, losing out at Wimbledon to uh, Greg Rusedski. Um, yeah. yeah uh, was that a tough one? It was tough in a different way because Andy didn't really show up. Uh, uh, you know, Greg did something quite smart. First point, he served a full toss straight out and at Andy. Okay. Just to kind of shock him. Okay. Uh, quite smart. Um, and, and, and Andy, for whatever reason was, you know, it was obviously, a, a, you know, court one, a big court and, uh, yeah, just didn't really ever get going. So it was kind of uh, a missed opportunity to show what he could do and uh, disappointing more than than anything. Um, you know, the, the other thing is that as a, as a coach, obviously, had I known then what I know now, I think I would have prepared Andy differently for that match. Um, it was, uh, you know, I, again, I thought he had a, a really good chance of it. I knew Greg would be nervous. Um, but I think I didn't, I think I focused a little bit too much on, on, on Greg and what he had to deal with from Greg rather than what he had to do to Greg. Um, and I think that was... Uh, you know, I don't know, I mean, whether he would have come out differently or not. You will never know. But, I, 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 you know, but that's the thing, you know, you, you continue learning, you know, as a coach. Uh, if you if you don't continue learning, then then it's, uh, you know, I'd hate to think in five years' time, I'm not looking back and saying I could have done a better job now, you know. But mm. you don't know what you don't know until you, until you go through all of these things. And, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, it was a disappointing match. That it really was. Uh, I, he just didn't really get into it. So that that was an it was more of a non-conversation afterwards because he he hadn't really shown up. So nothing really happened in that match that that you could really talk about very much because it wasn't the match it needed to be. We had a question in the uh, in the live chat earlier about, um, you know, do you will you spend much time with other coaches? And I believe you've got a, a seminar on Saturday of some description of a ATP. So there's a, there's a question here: Do you, do you have much interaction with uh, other players, coaches during the tournament? Uh, not overly. No, uh, I mean the the meeting you're talking about is. So I've been elected onto the ATP coaches committee. So we actually have a meeting at, at uh, nine this morning online. 
Okay. Uh, with the ATP. And then on Saturday, there's a full coaches meeting. So all ATP tour coaches will meet and, uh, and basically, I guess what more about what we've talked about today, we'll be presenting to, to the coaches. Uh, you know, there's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of coaches that I know, but, uh, you know, once you enter a tournament, you're really taking care of your business and everything like that. And, you know, you, you, for sure, you, you have a chat during the day, if you, you know, run into somebody and maybe a coffee or whatever, but, um, you know, some of the younger coaches will, you know, have dinner together and stuff like that. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't really do that. Well, David, you've given us some great insights, um, possibly none more so than the, the McLagan-Becker match and how close that was and with only Hawkeye had existed. But of course, Barry Cowan as well, pushing Pete Sampras and having those break points and just generally about how we recover from, from things that go wrong because things will go wrong. Planes will be late, we'll miss trains, yeah. we'll lose tennis matches. And it's really how you deal with that situation that that sort of marks out the the winners from the losers almost. Is that fair? Yeah, I'd say, look, I mean, at the end of the day, if you get into life, <laughs> you're going to, you know, and you're expecting, I think, I think one of the big messages is this, is, is, you know, life, tennis, these are problem machines. And actually as human beings, we like solving problems. Sudoku, okay. puzzles, computer games you know all of these things are puzzles that we like solving problems but suddenly when it's our job it's like we want the the mythological job where there are no problems <laughs> and that just doesn't exist so you know i'll say to players a lot look you know tennis is a continual problem every every day you wake up there's new problems to solve in the game you know, there's new opponents. Every every time you play a match, it's problems to solve. So don't chase a myth in your head that somehow problems are going to disappear. They're not. What you have to do is learn how to deal with the problems, try to solve them. And, you know, if you, ha if you don't solve them, go again until you can solve them. And, you know, that's the attraction of sport, really. Uh, there's... You know, and, and as human beings, we actually like it. So like solving the problems because it's it's normal. And and I think that's the big thing is, you know, yeah, you know, Liam lost, very disappointing. But, you know, in, in, in 10 days time is another tournament, another problem to solve. And, you know, I also say to players, don't judge the year in January. You know, let's see where we are July. Let's see where we are in December because you know, the, it's a long year and there's going to be low moments guaranteed and there's going to be high moments, you know, guaranteed. So just keep working hard, solving the problems and, and see where it takes you. There we go. On that note, I think I will let you be. Uh, have a good weekend uh, with, the, with the ATP meetings and stuff. Um, and listen, David, it's been great. Uh, a pity the journey couldn't have continued uh, much longer than it did. But nevertheless, I'm sure we'll be touching base again in the next few weeks. And uh, 
hopefully we'll have you on the show again and make sure you check out david's uh, podcast nuggets it's in the description below uh give that a subscribe and um you'll be and, able to uh, hear most of our interviews about colleges, uh, online program mindset college yeah. as well it's also in the description yeah. below david uh and i i, I see you you've obviously got your, your t mindset uh, college t-shirt on yeah check out that it's also in the link below there's a, a a website link to that david i just want to say a big thank you again not just for today but the last few weeks cheers i've uh, i've enjoyed it thank you good we've all enjoyed it and uh certainly some of the comments in the live chat have suggested that there's plenty of people that have been enjoying it too so on that note i will bring today's episode to an end uh, with this very simple message. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis. Sports Social Podcast Network.